Let us pray. Lord God, you've given us every good thing in life. Please keep us from trusting in those things instead of you, but instead to always put our confidence in your Son. In his name we pray. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. In World War II, uh, there is is a movie uh, that happened uh, about something that happened in World War II. It was in the uh, area of one of the islands the Japanese had taken over. The movie was called The Bridge Over the River Kwai, and the enemy had taken several people captive, several of the Allied soldiers, and they demanded that those soldiers build a bridge over a certain gorge, over the River Kwai. Now, at first, the soldiers said, no, we're not going to do this. But in time, they were convinced that, after all, they they were skilled builders, and they, they could really build a good bridge. And they did. They built it. They, they built it so well, it was strong, it could hold a train. And then, when it was all done, to their horror, they found out they're going to use that bridge to carry trains with troops and ammunition and supplies. And they were going to hurt the very people they were on their side. And so this was a, a terrible thing. What happened? Well, building that bridge made them forget what their purpose really was in the war. God has a purpose for us as Christians, as we live in this world. You know, he's got a purpose for us as parents or children, as owners, as workers, as friends and family. And sometimes we're able to fit pretty well with that purpose, and we see the blessings of God through that. Other times, it seems like we're totally off base. What happened, we say? We're just like those POWs that helped the enemy, or like the rich fool in Jesus' parable. Our question for the day is, what is our purpose as Christians? And first of all, sometimes it isn't what we do, but it's making sure of what to avoid, what we are not to do. In our lesson, a man came to Jesus, interrupted him in the middle of his teaching to say, I want you to be an arbitrator with my brother. We've got this dispute about the inheritance that I'm supposed to receive. Now, Jesus, thankfully, knew his purpose in life, and it was not to be a judge in the courts of law. He said, you have people that do that. Jesus came that he might preach the good news of salvation. And so he took this opportunity to share with not only this man, but with everyone who was there in the crowd of what they were to avoid. He said in verse 15, Watch out, be on guard against all greed, because a man's life is not measured by how many possessions he has. Now, it's not wrong to have money or possessions, but greed is the love 
of money. It values money as something more important than anything else in life. That's why in our epistle lesson today, the apostle Paul wrote, put to death whatever is worldly in you. And he included in that list greed, which he called idolatry. You see, most people say, well, money is something that I can use to carry out what I need to do. But people that are greedy, in a sense, become slaves to money and possessions. They are, that's, the mas- that's their master. And so they trust in money. Or you can replace money with power or prestige and thinking this is what my purpose is all about. After all, the world sets the standard of importance. It's, it's people that are well-known. It's people that have done great things. It's people who have a lot of money. They're the important people. But to God, it's not that way at all. Those who are important to God are those who have Christ and what he has made them. A hymn states, My worth is not in what I own, not in the strength of flesh and bone, but in the costly wounds of love at the cross. I will not boast of wealth or might or human wisdom's fleeting light, but I will boast in knowing Christ at the cross. I rejoice in my Redeemer, greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul. I will trust in him, no other. My soul is satisfied in him alone. So, we heed the warning, we put aside greed, we don't let that control our life and our thinking. What other dangers might wealth have that we can learn from this parable? Well, the rich man thought that he was self-sufficient. See, he didn't seem to have any real problems. He's even had a bumper crop that year. He talks about my, 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 doesn't he? My crop, my barns, my grain, my goods, my soul that can eat, drink, and be merry for many years. He trusted in his wealth to take care of his every need. And it did. Well, till that night when he died, his riches did not prepare him for death. His riches did not prepare him for the judgment that would follow. His money could not buy one square inch of real estate in heaven. Jesus said earlier, what will it benefit a man if he gains the whole world but destroys himself or is lost? And so according to the world, this rich man had great importance. But to God, he was in total spiritual poverty. So is it wrong to save or earn money? Certainly not. But we should be asking this question at all times. Why are we trying to gain money? We can't hold on to it forever. Ecclesiastes makes that very clear. But we can be wise with our money so that we can be generous now and into the future. One person put it this way. Plan for the future as if you were going to live 100 years. Live as if today were your last day. So let us realize that what we have is is not really ours. It's God's, and it's 
God's that we may share it with other people. Of course, the rich man didn't think that. He did, as Jesus said, he stored up treasures for himself, but was not rich toward God. Notice, he didn't trust in God. He didn't thank God for all the things that he had. He did not say, wait a minute, all these things are a gift from God, but I'm just the manager. I'm just here to use them for his purposes. He forgot how quickly possessions can be lost, like in the case of Job. And so Jesus' story of the rich fool shows how these bad purposes led to his loss, the rich man's loss of everything forever. But secondly, our purpose includes a much greater goal than just gaining money or possessions. The most important thing for us is to have eternal life with Jesus. And so we set our priorities to make sure that we are receiving the Word of God so that it keeps our faith focused on the cross. The fool let his riches separate him from God. But as Christians, we stand guard to make sure that, that no one or nothing separates us from Jesus. A few weeks ago, it was two weeks ago, here we had the reading of Ruth, a foreigner who married a Jewish man, and then the man died. And the mother-in-law, Naomi, says, why don't you go back to your people? You'll, you'll have much, a much better life. They'll find a, a husband for you. This is a wealthy country. We're, we're going to go back to poverty in Israel. When I go back there, what does Ruth say? Where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. She set her spiritual priorities, and the Lord greatly blessed her. God is our priority because what he offers us is something not just lasting a long time, it goes forever. St. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, how rich is God's glorious inheritance among the saints? Think of what heaven would be, even compared to this world. Heaven is a place of beauty, far beyond anything we can imagine here in this world. It is a place of joy and peace. Now, sometimes we have joy and peace here, but how long does it last before we start having fears or concerns? We don't have peace all the time. It's there, it's where we can live perfect lives with no sin, in a perfect world, no pain. Jesus described that in John 10 as saying, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Heaven is freely ours because Jesus paid the full price with his innocent suffering and his death. In Christ, we have the riches of God. And so through his life, death and resurrection, Jesus prepares every one of us to receive that eternal life. Our purpose as Christians, then, is to believe those promises of God, that we receive his forgiveness and live in his perfection forever. But you know, Christianity is not a selfish thing. Yes, it's a personal thing. I mean, everyone, we can't believe for someone else. 
Each, each of us has to believe on our own. We're not going to be saved. So he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. But the moment we're saved, we want others to have the same knowledge of Christ, right? Think of John chapter 1, where Jesus meets a couple of John the Baptist's disciples. You know, one of them is Andrew. What does he do? He learns about Jesus. He goes to tell his brother Peter, come, you've got to meet Jesus. And John, the other of those two disciples, goes to tell Nathaniel, come and meet Jesus. And so God's word also tells us that he wants all people to be saved. And so by faith, we Christians are publicly gathered together around God's word and sacrament, not only so that our faith may be fed, but so that we can help others in their faith as well. We're all sinners. We all live in a sinful world. We need the fellowship so that we can encourage each other in Christ's forgiveness and in his love. The Bible not only describes the hell as a place of suffering. Think of Jesus' other parable of Lazarus and the rich man. He went to hell, and what did he request? Oh, send Lazarus to dip his finger in a tip of water just to, to give me some relief for the suffering I'm in. Where were all the other people in hell? How come they couldn't do it for him? It's because everyone in hell is basically alone. They're so self-centered, that's all they have is themselves, right? The Bible describes heaven as just the opposite of that. They're all believers who are gathered together in worship of God. And so worshiping here and our praying together is a foretaste of what we will be doing together forever in heaven. You may have heard this story, just a little illustration of the difference between people in hell and the difference between people in heaven. In hell, everyone's seated at this giant banquet table and all the best of the foods are there before the people. But all those in hell are hungry. You see, each of them is given a fork that's about three foot long and they're attached to their hands and the only way they can eat is to use that fork. But the problem is a three foot long fork you can never get into your own mouth. And so there they sit, forever thinking about themselves, starving. Now in heaven, same banquet table, same three foot forks in each of the believers' hands, and they're all happy and they're all full. Because what they did as they grabbed that food with the fork is feed the people next to them. They shared their food. Spiritually, that's what we're doing as we join here together. We are sharing spiritually the very word that will feed our souls. And as Christians speak this saving truth, we know that there's millions of people who have heard it. We've been part of those millions of people since Jesus' time that, have, that were hungering for forgiveness, that now have received that. We've been filled with the news of Christ our Savior. And so our purpose as Christians is not just to look to ourselves, but look beyond ourselves so that others can learn this great news of Jesus as well and trust in him for eternal life. God has placed us in families. You know, you always hear this words, these words from Joshua, as for me, I will serve the Lord, but that's not what it says. As for me and my household, 
I will serve the Lord. That's why we're here as Christians, to share that news with our own families. We're in this church to share this news with each other in this congregation. We are here in our community to share that news with people who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We are in a synod so that the news of the Savior can spread and make an eternal difference as people hear the saving message. In that movie, The Bridge Over the River Kwai, the people not only realized their mistake in building the bridge, many of them sacrificed their lives to destroy it. Sorry for the spoiler alert if you're going to go watch it. Think of what Jesus did. He never lost sight of his purpose to seek and to save the lost, even when that meant that he would give his own life to save us. We went by nature from being greedy fools to becoming the very children of God. And as children of God, we are going to receive an inheritance that will never spoil, fade, or perish, that is kept in heaven for us. And so, whatever this world offers us can in no way compare to the riches of Christ. So rather than trust in money or power or positions, we trust in Christ. And we live to honor God and help others, just as Christ has helped us. Amen. Please stand. And now the peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.